Patty Lou? Okay. Thank you, sis. Kids Corner. If you are eight years younger, eight years and younger, there's a message that's especially planned for you, and you are dismissed. Go right ahead. Amen. Thanks, Lori. Thanks, Kenzie. Amen. Glad y'all are here today. Glad that all of our visitors are here today. Uh, a message that I believe God birthed in me uh, Monday morning as I went to the pastor's conference and Brother John Powell uh, shared a message with us. And immediately when that message was done, I knew what the Lord had given me to share with you today. And what he had given me to share with you today is about lists. You see, in our world, there are all kinds of lists. There are good lists, and there are bad lists. One bad list to be on is a telemarketer's list. Uh-huh. If you're on their list, chances are real good your supper's going to be interrupted. Amen? However, consumers fought back with a list of their own. It was a do-not-call list. Remember that? That good list was to stop those telemarketers from interrupting your supper. Amen? If you have a grudge against somebody or if you're angry at someone, you might say that he or she is on your list. That means you're going to remember what they did to you because it's on a list. In a more serious sense, the mafia puts people on a list they put people on a hit list. And that's a pretty serious list because that list means you have a death sentence. I once was on the dean's list at school. Once. Amen. It may, that was a good list because that meant I was making some pretty good grades. Amen. One of the lists that we don't like being on is a waiting list. We don't like waiting for stuff we want. We heard recently that Brianna Chu was on a waiting list, a liver transplant waiting list, and praise the Lord that she wasn't on that list very long. So whether you know it or not, your name is on a list. Whether it be for a good reason or a bad reason, we all have our names on a list somewhere. Think about it. Your name is on a birth certificate and on a list at the health department. Your name is likely on a list at the courthouse to record the deed to your property. Your name is on the Social Security Administration list. Your name, unfortunately, is on an IRS list for tax purposes. Amen. Your name is also on a list at the Driver's License Bureau. Your name may even appear on a list at church that records the day you were baptized or the day that you otherwise joined the church. Lists are a part of life. And everybody wants his or her name to be on a good list. You know, the Bible has a list of sorts, talks about a list of sorts. It's an official record in heaven where your name may or may not appear. 
It's a list. It's a book of names, actually. And God himself oversees every entry to that list. I bet you didn't know that God keeps a list, did you? He does. And I can't emphasize how important it is to be on that list. I can't express to you enough how extremely important it is that you know with absolute certainty that your name appears on that list. The Bible gives many certainties regarding God's list. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 9 verse 27 says that it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment. You see, every single one of us has the same fate, so to speak. Every one of us is going to die one day. That's a sobering thought to think of. But even more sobering than that is the fact that each and every person on the face of this earth in one form or fashion will be judged. Even Christians will appear before the, before the bema seat of the Lord Jesus not to be judged for salvation, but to be judged for the rewards in eternal life. So people need to know People got to get it straight. They need to know what's coming if they choose to get their name on God's list. But they also need to know what's coming if they choose not to get their name on God's list. So today I'd like to provide you with several certainties. Several certainties regarding God's list what it is, and how you can get your name on that list. So let's read about it. In Revelation chapter 20, the best list of all we're going to be hearing about today. In Revelation chapter 20, beginning in verse 11, John writes, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books, say books, books, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to their works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And get this, anyone not found, say not found. Anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful that your word tells us how we get our name on the list. Lord, don't let anyone leave this place this morning without the absolute certainty that their name appears 
in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Several certainties regarding God's list. The first certainty regarding God's list is this fact. There is a judge. Did you read it there in verse 11? Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it. Friend, there is a judge. And there is coming a time when the greatest, most powerful, purest being will pronounce a final judgment. John describes it here. He says there is a great white throne. Who sits on a throne? I know he sits on this throne, but who normally sits on a throne? A king. That's exactly right. And this king happens to be great. That's why it's a great throne. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. And he's ever-present. And friend, when somebody appears before this great white throne, I want to tell you, ain't nobody going to be laughing. No one's going to be laughing when they, become, when they come before the great white throne. No one's going to be able to tell God what's on his or her mind. You ever heard somebody say, man, when I get to heaven, I'm going to tell God this and this. Uh-uh. You ain't going to want to tell God nothing. No one's going to be complaining about how God has done it. Because not only is it a great throne, it's a great white throne. It is a place of purity. It is a place of unapproachable purity. And human sinfulness, standing in contrast to God's perfect righteousness, will leave a person speechless. The only thing you're going to want to do is get on your face before him. But I want you to notice how this judgment begins. I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face earth and heaven fled away. You see, people are going to recognize when they're standing before the throne of God that all the things that they lived for here on earth have fled away. All the things that they lived for here on earth are gone forever. Every single thing that they put before God is gone. All their possessions, gone. All their pleasures, gone. All of their popularity, gone. All their prestige, gone. Family and children, gone. And all they are left, all they are left with is God. Him alone does he sit on the throne. Hear this, friend. In the end, all you will have left is your soul. In the end, all you will have left to appear before God is your soul. That's why Jesus said in Mark 8, 36, For what shall it profit a man? If he gains the whole world, yet loses his soul. Because that's all you're going to have left. 
So I got to tell you this. You'll either put him on the throne of your heart today. Or sadly, you will bow before the great white throne in that day. Don't leave here without having made that decision. Notice at the end of verse 11 that the Bible says, and there was no place found for them. That literally means that there was no place to run. There's no place to hide. You can't hide from the judgment of God. I read about a man who was drowning, and a fisherman came by on his boat and and rescued him. And then a year later, that drowning man got into some legal trouble, and he was sitting in the courtroom, and he was waiting for the judge. And as the judge entered... The man who had been drowning looked up at him and smiled and said, Whew, boy, am I glad to see you. And the judge replied, It doesn't matter that I saved you a year ago, for today I'm your judge. The same Jesus who desires to be your Savior today if you refuse him, will be your judge in the last day. Friend, it's God who will be sitting on the throne. That is a certainty. He is the creator. He is the king. He is in charge. He is the one calling the shots. He is the judge. That is a certainty. But there is a second certainty. And that is, in this place, there will be The judged. Verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Can I tell you, before this throne, there will be no favoritism for the accused. No one can claim to have the upper hand before God's throne. Big shots will be there, and nobodies will be there. Down and outers will be there, up and comers will be there. The leaders of the world will be there, as well as the homeless will be there. The uneducated will be there, as well as the brilliant minds, the philosophers and the professors and the doctors and the engineers and the scientists. They'll be there. CEOs will be there, as well as the common laborers will be there. So it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you had. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter what you thought, what you felt, or what you experienced. Have you ever heard somebody say this? Man, if anybody deserved to go to heaven, it was her. If you've ever heard that, raise your hand. I cringe every time I hear that. Because that implies that that person deserved something, deserved to go to heaven. They deserve God's grace. 
They deserve, they could do enough on heaven to experience the perfection of heaven? I don't think so. No matter what you thought, felt, or experienced here on earth, it just doesn't matter before the throne. This is a certainty. All lost humanity will be judged. And notice what verse 12 says, and you said it. I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were opened. The books were open, and the people were judged by the things that were written in the books. What books? Well, I believe that there are at least three books that will appear then. At least three. The first book is a book of works. The works of a lost person's life. You see, that they will be judged according to their works. Judged according to what they did. Friend, if you're lost here today, you need to realize that God is recording your works. Lost person, if you're here today, you need to know that God is recording your sins. And on the day of judgment, nothing will remain hidden. Everything will be revealed. Ecclesiastes 12, 14 says, For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, to judge whether it is good or whether it is evil. Thank God. If you've been saved today, your sins are washed from you by the blood of Jesus Christ. But that's not a license for you to sin. Nor am I saying that sin won't have its consequences while you're living here on earth. But what I am saying is that if you are trusting in the Lord Jesus for salvation, your sins have already been judged. So there'll be the book of works. But there's a second book, I think, that'll be there. And that is this book that many of you have in your hand. I believe that the Holy Bible's going to be there. Now that may strike you as a little bit strange. But in John 12, 48, the Lord Jesus said, He who rejects me and my words will be judged by the words which I speak to you today. This book is filled with with the Lord's words. This Bible in my hand is the very standard by which lost people will be judged. Two books now open. And the lost will see from the opening of those books, they'll see from the Bible how sinful they were. They'll see from the Bible how perfect a plan of redemption God offered through Christ Jesus. And they will realize that they rejected it. Then they will know why they're going to hell. So there will be a book of works and I believe that the Holy Bible will be there. But there is at least a third book, and that book is called the Lamb's Book of Life. Look in verse 15. 
and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, if you'll go fast forward a little bit, in speaking about heaven, John wrote in Revelation 21, 27, this, But there shall by no means enter it, talking about heaven, there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Bottom line is this. If you've been saved, your name's on the list. It's in the Lamb's book of life. But if you're not saved, that is, you have not placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have not placed your trust in Him alone for salvation, then your name's not on the list. And if your name's not on the list, you will not go to heaven. That, my friend, is a certainty. There's a judge, and there's the judged. But the third certainty is that there is the judgment. Verse 12. Then I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to their works by the things written in the books. The sea gave up their dead who were in it. Death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. At the great white throne, the lost will all be judged. And they'll be judged according to their works. There will be no excuses. There will be no alibis. And there will be no pardons. There will be no adequate defense because your works will betray you. They ain't good enough. Nothing you could do here on earth could warrant your place in heaven. Only the grace of God could give you that and that's only available through christ even our best deeds come short of god's holiness and god's perfection he is the standard by which we are compared and as a result every single person is declared guilty until such time as they come before the lord so judgment's coming to a great many people for one judgment is coming to many who believe that they're good there are going to be a lot of surprised people who come to the judgment who think that they've been good enough to go to heaven. They believe that because they've done more good things than bad things, that God will have to accept them. But their belief in self-righteousness will be betrayed when they are compared to God's perfect righteousness. So judgment's going to come to many who believe they're good. Judgment's going to come to many who believe that they are not sinners. There are actually people out there who believe that all people are basically good, that there aren't any sinners out there. But you know what Romans 3.23 says, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Judgment will also come to those, and this may surprise you, judgment may also come to those who have gone to church all their lives. Hmm. You see, unknowingly, many people become dependent upon church attendance 
to get them to heaven. Many people depend upon coming to church as their ticket to heaven. Friend, can I tell you, it ain't a very good ticket. Coming to church is a good thing. But it's not a very good ticket to heaven. Going to church and being good do not get a person to heaven. Judgment will also come to many, and this is sad. Judgment will also come to many who have procrastinated. Who've waited and waited and waited and waited. It's been said that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. There are too many people who said, Brother Bill, I want to get right with the Lord. I want to get right with the Lord. But they put it off and they put it off. And then they put their foot down and they say, Tomorrow, I'm coming to the Lord. But tomorrow never comes. Tomorrow never comes. And when it came, they weren't ready. And it was too late. At the great white throne, nobody's going to be able to say, oh, but I wasn't warned. Oh, there was ample warning. Did you hear about that state trooper who stopped a woman for going 15 miles an hour over the speed limit? And after he handed her the ticket, she said, well, don't you believe in warnings? And that state trooper said, well, yes, I do. They're all up and down the road. It says speed limit, 55 miles an hour. Ample warnings. In our lifetime, there are numerous warnings. And that information is available to every person. Whether it be from without, through creation, or within, through our conscience. You've been warned. Judgment is coming to many who have procrastinated. But judges also come, judgment is also coming to many who hope for a second chance. Does anybody here like a do-over? Raise your hand if you like a do-over. Amen. I, I love a do-over. Think about it. Golfers get a mulligan. That's a do-over. Batters get three strikes. Three do-overs. But remember what that verse in Hebrews said. It's appointed for man to die once and then the judgment. You see, friend, this life that we're living is not a practice drill. This life that we're living is for real. This life that we're living, we only get one shot at it. There is no after-death existence of some sort where a person can somehow pay for all of his misdeeds and get purified and go to heaven. There is no such thing as purgatory. It's not in the Bible. It's not there. There's no second chance after this life. One shot. So let me be perfectly clear to you. If you're listening, say amen. amen. Grace is available now, not later. God's grace is available to you now, but when your days on earth are through, that grace is no longer available. At that point, you've made your choice and chosen to reject the grace of God. 
So at the great white throne of judgment, judgment's going to come to many who believe that they're basically good. Judgment's going to come to many who say, I don't really sin that bad. Anybody ever thought that? Don't raise your hand. I don't sin that bad. Judgment is coming to many who will continually procrastinate. They'll wait and they'll wait and they'll wait for tomorrow. It's also coming to those who hope for a second chance when this life is done. That second chance ain't happening. But finally, judgment is coming to those who have rejected Jesus. Unfortunately, there are those who hate God. There are those who hate the Bible. There are those who hate church. And there are people who hate Jesus. They hate his very name. They've chosen to live their life the way they want to live their life. And they think that what goes on behind closed doors ain't nobody's business but my own. But the truth is this. All will be revealed. No secrets before the throne of God. They're going to find out that God knows. They're going to find out that God cares about what was going on behind closed doors. And they're going to find out that God will judge. So realize this. In order to avoid this judgment I've been sharing with you about, in order to avoid the judgment of the great white throne, you better be on God's list. You better be on the list. You've got to have your name on the Lamb's book of life. And if you've been saved, that is, you are trusting your entire life to the perfect work of Jesus, not in your own works, then I got good news for you. You're on the list. But if you don't have that faith, if you don't have that trust, then your name's not there. It's not there. And you'll be judged according to your works. Now, I can't speak for you, but if I had to be judged by my works, I'd be in the, the, down, the down floor of hell. I'd have to take an elevator once I got to hell to keep on going, amen? Watch out now. Amen, brother. Yeah, I heard. Friend, if you don't have your name on the list, can I tell you today you're in danger? You are in danger of forfeiting your eternal soul. You are in danger. So listen carefully. Ultimately, there is only one sin that brings about the judgment of eternal hell. And that is the sin of unbelief. It's the unpardonable sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. It is rejecting the constant promptings of the Holy Spirit for you to place your faith in Jesus. That's what that unpardonable sin is. It's unbelief. It's rejecting what the Spirit's trying to do for you today 
if you don't know him. And that sin will lead to judgment. That is a certainty. So the word of God has been spoken. The truth has been shared. Tomorrow may not come. Do you want to be judged according to your own works? Or do you want to be judged by the finished work of Jesus that grants you God's grace and an eternal home in heaven? The choice is before you. Choose death or choose life. Choose curses or choose blessings. The choice is up to you. Let us pray. Father, it's kind of scary that it's that black and white. Lord, it's kind of scary that there's no gray area. Father, my only prayer this morning is that if there's one person who is facing this great white throne of judgment, Father, my prayer is that you would speak to them in a way that it, they can't deny it. They can no longer stand against it. They can no longer refuse it. Lord, break their heart, break their will, and give them the faith to step out, step forward, and learn what the Word of God says about salvation. Lord, I don't want anybody to have to face that throne. So, Lord, I pray that your Word has fallen on receptive hearts today. And, Lord, I pray that you would give us the peace that when people walk out of this building will know that every single one of them is saved. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,